Hey friends, I have a new ad partner that I think you're going to love because I already love them. And that is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends style so good that you can feel it. They deliver all the confidence that comes with a truly amazing outfit without any of the work. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to transform your wardrobe. I feel like they just get me. They do get you. They just knew what would look right on me, and I hate taking stuff out. Yes. So it's like Christmas when you open that box, and you're like, how did you know? Exactly. It is Christmas, and I cannot wait till my next one. So go ahead, take the leap, do Stitch Fix, get your own personal stylist, and feel as bougie as we do these days using Stitch Fix, but not for a crazy price because they get your budget. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash naked. That's stitchfix.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Stitchfix.com slash naked. Hey guys, welcome back to the Naked Marriage Podcast. We are Dave and Ashley Willis. And on this podcast, we undress the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. And we are so, so honored every time one of you guys leaves a review for us on iTunes. We read every single one of these. They're so encouraging. So if you haven't already, um, subscribe to this podcast, leave a review on on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening. But I want to read one of the iTunes reviews for you. This was uh, left by Dre Wrangle. He says, this couple has opened my eyes to marriage in ways that I never knew before. The Naked Marriage Podcast is so open and honest that we felt like they are talking directly to us. They share things about themselves that are so true and, and relate to our own struggles. They're so easy to listen to. Their total honesty makes us laugh at times, but we always see a message that we can apply. God has blessed them with the ability to help other couples, and the naked marriage will bless your marriage too. Wow. Wow. Thank you for that. Man, Thank you that so just much. fuels us, keeps it us does. going. So we appreciate that so much. And we're appreciated to all of you who are listening right now. We've got a really, really important topic today, one that uh, they're all really important topics, but this one has a generational impact. Right. We're going to talk about how to have the kind of marriage that creates a generational impact, especially for those of you who have kids in your children's lives and in your homes, to, to model the kind of marriage that's going to make them excited to be married someday and to carry on that legacy of faith and love for generations to come. So let's dive in. You know, I'm so excited about today's topic because it's one that we are actually trying to live out ourselves. We are trying yes. to to raise kids that view marriage as something beautiful and that that realize what a generational impact marriage is in their own families, in their future families, in their future families. And, and for them to understand that, we first have to understand that. And, you know, we realize the weight of that. Dave and I we, we want our kids to want to get married. And especially if God calls them to marriage, we want them to have an eyes, eyes and a heart for that and be looking for their spouse. And we are praying for their spouse right now. I mean, that's oh, something absolutely. that we do and that our parents did. And, you know, one thing uh, that was just so cool to me when I first met Dave's parents is his mom told me, you know, and, and it, well, it wasn't when I first met him, but when we started getting really serious and it was clear that we were going to marry each other, uh, Dave's mom was like, listen, I have this prayer group and I've literally been praying for you 
for years. I've been in this prayer group for like 15 years and we've been praying. And she has. For you. She did. She was praying for and, you. And for I just years. love that. Like it just, it really touched my heart. And, and and it's just so cool. And she's like, and you got, you're just an answer to prayer. And we just love you yes, so much. You are. And, and this is so funny. And Brad and Karen, if you're listening, I always joke about this. They are so sweet to me that they refer to me as their daughter. So when they introduce me, they'll say, this is our son, Dave, and this is our daughter, Ashley. And then all of a sudden, I'm like hugging on Dave and I'm kissing his <laughs> cheek and being out. affectionate. Now, we are from Kentucky where yeah. that's not as weird. But <laughs> but then people are like looking like, okay. And she's like, oh, my daughter-in-law. But I don't like to call her my daughter-in-law because she's my daughter in love. And so, you know, Dave's parents... They, they've lived out that generational impact. They realize that and they tried to pass that on to their kids. And that's something that Dave and I both want to pass on to our kids. And so we're going to talk about today, how do we do that? Like, how yeah. do we live that out, practically speaking? And this is huge. I think one, if, if God's blessed you with children, one of the most important responsibilities and sacred duties of your marriage is to, is to make that impact on the next generation. God wants whether you have kids or not, he wants us to change the world through our marriage. Absolutely. Every every married couple is a ministry missionary duo that's meant to go out into the world and build the kingdom and just to to change the world by working together in partnership with your spouse and with God. Yeah. And for those of us who have kids, um, man, that's where the ministry starts. That mm-hmm. we live in a world and in a generation where fewer people are getting married. People are devaluing marriage as a whole. They're looking at it as this antiquated, outdated system that doesn't work. But we've got to teach our kids that this is timeless. Right. And that societies are stronger when marriages are stronger. Mm-hmm. Families are stronger when marriages are stronger. That, that that character and integrity worldwide become stronger when it's rooted in a godly home and in a godly marriage. And when we take that away, there's just chaos that's left. Yeah. And so it starts at home by modeling a healthy marriage that actually makes our kids want to get married. So many kids are growing up in a home where they have no interest in getting married someday. They're afraid of marriage because they look at their own parents and think, if that's what marriage is, I'm out. You know, I might yeah. I might live with some people. I might um, be in relationships, but I'm never going to get married because I've seen marriage and, and that's not for me. We've got to turn the tide by modeling, first and foremost, what a marriage is, pointing them back to God, letting them see the joy in marriage. Not that it's perfect because there's right. no perfect people, but a very authentic Marriage. I was so thankful to grow up in a home where mom and dad, if you're listening, you guys did this. You were authentic and loving and you still are. Made me excited to get married someday. And I want to pass that same gift on to my kids. Not only make them excited for marriage, but actually preparing them by teaching them the character traits that are going to help them be good and godly husbands and fathers right. someday so that they can they can carry that tradition on. It's so true. You know, I was thinking about my own parents and how, I mean, they've been married Gosh, I mean, almost 40 years, and I'm so thankful for that. And I know Dave's parents have been married 40 years. Maybe yeah, they're working more. on the 41 years, I guess. But, um, you know, we're so grateful for that because we realize that for many people, for at least half of the population listening to this right now, that's not the case. Yeah. And, you know, when I think about my parents, I don't think about that they were perfect because there were certainly times when I know they were arguing. There were certainly certainly times where they weren't on the same page. But I do remember them trying to work it out. And I do remember them being great partners. And even till this day, my my parents are both in their 60s. They are so cute together. Like they're so cute. And I love how they both love, they're both so good with their hands and so good with creating things and making things beautiful. And they like to flip houses together. And now they're working on like Airbnbs together. And I just love seeing their partnership grow. And and honestly, I feel like, and Dave and I have been married almost 18 years. We've watched their partnership get even closer over the years. And that's really what I long for. And we've seen that in both of our parents. We've seen them grow even closer because that is the truth. What, what Dave said earlier, you know, there's no perfect marriage. 
And that's not what we're going for, but we're going for a committed marriage. We're going for a yes. healthy marriage, for a thriving marriage, for not settling for surviving. And I think what where we have to be really careful is those of us who have kids, when we hit kind of a hard you know, part of our marriage journey, there are times when we feel like, well, I want to represent a healthy marriage for my kids. I'm not getting along with my spouse, but I'm just going to kind of survive until they are out of the home. So I give them that home life where we have a good marriage. But what they don't realize, when we get that kind of mindset, right then we're, we're, we're getting an unhealthy mindset. Yes. And it's toxic and it kind of, it kind of paralyzes us in our, in our emotions towards our spouse in our commitment to our spouse. And so we have to be very careful not to kind of resign ourselves to that kind of existence. And I think there's been an epidemic of this where there's people that will stay married, you know, until that last child is out of the house and then suddenly they're like, I'm out. Right. And it causes just as much hurt in their yeah, kids. Yeah, and they think they're doing their kids a favor yeah. by saying, oh, we stayed together for the kids. But what you don't realize is you created a toxic cold environment that they grew up in right. that, that just sabotaged their view of marriage. And, then, and it breaks their heart. I mean, because yeah. then they're like, well, did you ever love each other? Did you ever, you know, and I, I I get like, if you're listening to this and that was your your story, you know what we're talking about. It's so hard. Yeah. And we're not trying and, to judge And God has here. grace. I mean, there is so much grace here and we're not judging, but we're saying if you are in this situation where you're starting to have those thoughts, you can turn that around. We don't want to see you follow in those footsteps because those who have walked through it, they know that pain. They do. And those kids know that pain. And so we want to to tell you kind of to get you ahead of this instead of kind of walking through those motions and then having regrets. So, you know, if you're in that dynamic where you want to do it, well, you know, you want to have a good marriage and you want to, to represent it for the kids, but you're not even sure, you know, what to do. That's why we do what we do with these podcasts. We try to help you turn things around. And it's not even what we do. It's really what God does in your life and you guys yes. doing the hard work because we are not, you know, we can't take a magic wand to your marriage. I wish we could. We don't have that kind of power, but we can give you some tools to help you guys walk through those hard steps and fight for your marriage. And let me tell you this, it might be a tense time in your home and, and you might be telling yourself, you know, this is bad for the kids. We can't get through this. And maybe we should just call it quits because it's so tense right now. But what you really need to do is not believe those lies, is go get the help that you need and, and show your kids how much you're willing to fight for your marriage and get the help that you need. Because your kids, if they get married one day, they're gonna you know, come to a part of their journey where it's hard and they will know, they'll remember that time when you guys fought for your marriage, when you guys did not choose to, to break things off and you fought through it and you, and you tried counseling and you went to the church groups and you did all those things necessary to change things and they'll remember that time. So don't, you know, don't feel like you have to give up just because things are tense right now. I mean, certainly you wanna make sure that things are a safe environment and all those things, but we're just talking about if you feel like you can't get along and it's just like, I'm going through the motions, I can't get along, I don't know if we can do this, fight for your marriage. Because when you fight for your marriage, you're also fighting for your kids' future marriages. You really are, because you're showing them what it takes to, to really make a marriage strong. And truly, marriage isn't easy. That's marriage right. isn't yeah. easy. You gotta work it out. You gotta spend the time. You gotta invest in it. You, you've got to work at it. We live in this culture with this myth of compatibility where we think true love is something to be found when really it's not something to be found. It's something to be forged. It's yeah. something that you create together through commitment with somebody. And you get, you get to choose, you know, what your legacy, the legacy of your marriage is gonna be in a lot of ways. You know, you don't get to control all the circumstances life throws at you, but you get to decide, am I going to break this generational curse that came before me of everybody in my family gets divorced? Or am I going to 
chart off in a new direction. And so I hope that you guys will just make the commitment, if you haven't already, make the commitment together that, you know, we're going to create a legacy that will last for generations in our family that is rooted in God's word, that is rooted in commitment and love for each other, that where there's joy and there's peace, and we're gonna work for that. And so just trying to get real practical, because I think we all want that. The fact that you're listening right now, you're investing in your marriage right now, there's a billion things. Literally, you could be listening to at this moment. You're listening to something to help you build a stronger marriage. So, And that's just, awesome. That's thank awesome. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank <laughs> you for listening. It means a lot. Your messages mean a lot. Just the fact that you, you're connected right now, it means so much. And so, you know, pat yourself on the back. You're doing something for your marriage, and we want to help you. And so let's yes. kind of turn the conversation to get as practical as we can and mm-hmm. answer some of the most common questions as it relates to how to model marriage for kids and raise kids that, that are excited to be married and preparing them for marriage. So starting up, how much PDA in front of the kids is okay? Because I grew up in a house, we grew up in vastly different <laughs> houses. We've talked about this. There are videos of us kind of talking and joking about this. Ashley was in a home where, you know, her parents love each other, but there wasn't much affection shown outwardly. To each other, yeah. To each other, and I lived in the opposite home where my parents were and are a couple of freaks. They're yes. all over each other. They're 50 shades of middle age. They are <laughs> just, you know, they'll, I think they were, they're probably making out right now, wherever they are, somewhere they're, they're making out. One day they're going to be elderly in the nursing home. They're going to take their teeth out and they're going to make out with oh each my other. Goodness. I can just picture them being wow. that couple. So <laughs> that's what I grew up with. Um, and even now, I think that we kind of it probably embarrass our kids a little bit with how affectionate we are. But then at the we same do. time, we try to tease them. even though they're a little bit grossed out by it, you also see this little smirk of, I really want that someday. Even right. though they don't say that out loud, this little smirk of, of, of like, they're comforted by the fact that we love each other right. and that we're not afraid to express that. And because, you know, one time our, our son, we were like kissing and he goes, man, why can't you be like my my friend's parents don't even touch each other. And we're like, yeah, that's not even what you want. You love that. You love and he got this smirk. Yeah. Now we do have boundaries though. I mean, yes. like we will kiss in front of them, but we're not like full on having a makeout session. Right. We'll hug in front of them. She'll try to slip me the tongue sometimes in the <laughs> no. car line, but I have to push her away, say it's not the right time. You know, it's it's just like little flirtatious, you know, peck here. You can hug each other. You can rub each other's backs. You can sit on each other's lap. You know, I mean, like, I don't think that the, there's anything wrong with that, but I think that having like a passionate embrace and kissing <laughs> and touching, you know, places, right. don't do that in front of your kids. That's going too far, right? And um, because that's more, that's a private thing. And so, right. I mean, that, clearly. I was and just I think, thinking, I had a flashback to a few days ago when we were like, in, yes, in our bedroom. I know. I'm thinking about and, it. <laughs> and I, I came up and like grabbed Ashley. You didn't know Ashley Cooper was there. And, and I was being like joking, but also like really just over the top, like intense, intense <laughs> in my passion for her. And what I, I don't even remember what I was saying. I don't know, what but I, was I think doing. it was too much. But Cooper, our oldest son, I didn't even realize he was laying on our bed, like playing a video game on his phone. And Ashley looks at me and she goes, uh, your son is in here. And so I was like, so I just kind of pulled away. Like, I was like, you need to wait till later, sweetie. To okay? be continued. But no, it was funny. I don't even think, I think he was so enthralled in his game. No, he didn't yeah. notice. But you know, clearly we have to have some boundaries there. But I do think that we need we need to show affection in front of each other. It yes. shows them also what's healthy. It shows them that you actually desire each other. It shows them you want to be together, that you are attracted to each other. That's That's healthy and normal, but clearly don't have, you know, things that are, that need to be private and overly sexual in front of your kids. I mean, you know, obviously, I think a lot of us know that, but just in case you don't, that's why we're talking about it because yes. it's just good because those that's when it takes it too far and it can make it 
just inappropriate for your kids and it can cause other issues. So showing just some, a little bit of affection is very healthy. Inflation is out of control and it just seems like money flies out the window. I look at our account daily and I'm just like, where does this money go? And you're probably the same way. And that's why I'm really excited about a new ad partner we have called Rocket Money. This is an app that helps you in real time see exactly where your money is going. And even more importantly, they'll help you identify and cancel subscriptions that you're not using. On average, they're saving their users $720 a year. I didn't think I had any subscriptions we weren't using, but this is what happens. You sign up for a, a free subscription to something, you're not using it, and that free subscription runs out. You're paying five or ten bucks a month for the rest of your life until you cancel it. Rocket Money helped us identify it get that under control and save a bundle right from the start. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscription, guys. That's half a billion bucks. You need to get your share of that. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions today by going to rocketmoney.com slash naked. That's rocketmoney.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Start saving money today. I love learning. I know that sounds nerdy and dorky, but I just love learning. I love understanding history and how things fit together and what's happening in the world. But if you're like me, you're busy and it's hard to learn. It can be expensive to learn. Maybe you want to keep learning and growing. You're like, I don't know how to fit that into my schedule. I got the perfect solution for you. And it's Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College is a world-class accredited university that's offering some of their core courses for free. I mean, absolutely free. They're just wanting to spread knowledge here. I'm telling you, it sounds too good to be true, but it really is true. They're making it possible for you to learn about world economics and things like ancient Christianity, which I highly recommend. It's an 11 lecture course where you study the inspiring stories of Christ and his apostles and the faithful ones throughout the first centuries of Christianity, plus learning the, the basics of Christian apologetics. And guys, you can do this for free. You're, I'm so excited about what Hillsdale does. I love their commitment to faith and values. And you can take part in this by going to hillsdale.edu slash naked to enroll at no cost. And it's easy to get started. It's H-I-L-L-S-D-A-L-E dot E-D-U slash N-A-K-E-D to register. That's hillsdale.edu slash naked. Very, very, very healthy. And so yes. kind of to the other extreme, how much affection do you show is one question, but how much disagreement or even conflict do you, do you show? Yeah. Because there are yeah, different schools question. of thought. There are those who think we're never going to disagree ever in front of the kids. We're just always going to just kind of show complete unity. And I mean, I've had people whose parents got divorced yeah. and they were so confused as children when their parents divorced because they said, I just never saw them disagree. Yeah, and they so always got along. Yeah, they always get along. Yeah. But then behind the scenes, there was something totally different going on. Right. So there's that school of thought, never disagree in front of the kids. But then the other school of thought is, um, let them see you work through disagreements. It depends on what the disagreement right. is Right, I too. think that's a big part of it. Yes. I think that we, we should all agree that that conflict, just conflict in general in, in like a, a, a loud way or a, a violent right. or accusing way, that's inappropriate. Saying bad whether name, they, Whether know, the kids are there or not. Like right. that's, all, that's out of bounds. I think sometimes right. the bigger question is, if you're having these knockdown, drag out fights and arguments, um, mm -hmm. that's not a kid issue. That's a marriage issue. Absolutely. Like you guys got to get to the bottom of that because that's not a way to communicate. And that's emotionally abusive. It is. I mean, we got yeah. to watch that. And that's why we talk so many times. There's other episodes we have about fighting fair and how to, how to fight in the proper way. So go back and listen to that. We have very practical things you can do if you're in that 
kind of rough spot in your marriage where you literally cannot talk to each other without fighting. There's things that you can do to help that. That even, I mean, counseling is a huge part of that, but even even in addition to counseling that you guys can do right this minute that can help you. So please go back and listen to that episode. But, you know, I, I think we have to first look at the subject matter. For example, don't talk about how you're dissatisfied with your sex life while you're waiting in car line with your kids in tow. Totally inappropriate, right. okay? Yeah. Totally inappropriate. Not a right issue to talk about your, in front of your kids. Now, if you're just talking about— I wouldn't be so grumpy, you know. kids, if your mom would ever have sex with me. Like— <laughs> That's just creepy. And that is. Way out of bounds. Like way on a, creepy, way out of yeah, bounds. Wrong okay. people to have that conversation. And that with. will burn your children's ears. So, <laughs> right. especially if they're adolescent and they understand what you're talking about. So, don't talk about that. But I think about if you're talking about other family members, like your mother in law, your father in law, probably not good to talk about in front of your kids because they know that and they're going to remember it. And they may even go and say whatever it is that you're actually <laughs> hashing out with your spouse about that family member. So, you got to be really careful. Yeah. Um, and what they are allowed to hear based on their age and based on whatever the subject matter is. But I do think, you know, sometimes there can be, like maybe you're running late. And, um, and, and I'm saying this because this is me. Okay, so like, for example, I tend to run late. Dave usually is early. It's so important, and it is. I, I wish I was more like Dave. I need to be more like Dave. It's really important to him to be on time just to show respect for other people and to also make things kind of the rest of the day go smoother. And so, like, there's been times where I I did not take account of time and I didn't really give myself enough time, and Dave will be a little upset with me. That's a conversation where we'll we'll talk through that, and the kids can hear us talk through it. And, you know, the kids can hear me apologize and say, you know, you're right, I need to work on that. Like, I think it's good for them to to hear about that. Maybe it's something else. You know, if it's another issue where you're not shouting at each other, you're just talking through it, it's good to hear. You know, because that's that's life. You're going to have issues. I think, yeah, people that feel like you've got to just pretend to be perfect in front of your kids to keep any kind of moral authority. Right. I mean, that creates just this shaky foundation for them right. in so many ways. I think what's better is to is to show them your authenticity. That when you You're blow not perfect. it, you, yeah. you own it. You know, I, I've apologized to my kids and in front of my kids so many times. Sometimes yeah. for the way I handled something. Sometimes just for my attitude in general. You know, if I'm if I if I get get overly angry, respond to something in anger, I try to the moment I cool off, go back and and ask their forgiveness and let them see me own the me fact too. that I, I was wrong. Yeah. And he actually does the same thing. And so I feel like that that creates such credibility with kids because they know, look, mom and dad aren't perfect and they're not pretending to be. Right. And it makes it easier for them to listen to our instruction because we're not coming from this sense of, this false sense of authority that's based on this false sense of perfection. Right. Um, Because they're going to figure out real quick you're not perfect. And if you pretend that you are, it's going to make everything you say seem like it doesn't have any credibility. And I'll say this too, there's been times where Dave... Uh, you know, we both kind of carry our emotions on our sleeves. I mean, we're, we're very open. Like, we, we can't hide it. We're not ones to hide it. And I'll sometimes mistake, you know, Dave's, like, like he'll be in a, a bad mood and I'll think it's me and I'll say, are you mad at me, sweetie? And then he'll go in and, and, and be like, no, I'm not mad. I'm just frustrated. I'm not mad at you. I'm just frustrated in general. And and he'll explain it. And then he'll be like, I'm sorry, sweetie. And I, I know our kids have seen that several times and I'll be the same way. He'll yeah. be like, have I done something? You know. So I think it's good for them to see that. One thing I think we need to watch is sometimes we can have kind of some codependent relationships with our children when our oh, marriage yeah. relationship is not where it needs to be. And I, I know that sometimes spouses 
will talk to their children about an issue with their spouse. And that is just not a place we need to go. It's putting too much on our child with adult problems they don't even need to be thinking about. But it's also completely taking our spouse out of the the conversation when we need to just go to our spouse and talk about it. So that is also way out of bounds. And that is not going to create a a healthy perspective for your children when it comes to marriage, because they're going to be like, well, mom always came to me with her problems about dad. You know, like that's, that's just not how it's supposed to be. No, it's not healthy at all. Now that's, that's a great point. And I do think that that dynamic has really sabotaged a lot of a lot of and a lot of relationships within the family long term. Not yes. only when the kids are little, but generationally, that has a generational negative impact. We're talking about ways to create a right. generational positive impact, but that's that's one to have a negative impact. It is like I, I've heard. You know, I know some of my friends have talked about this. You know, and I, I know we can all deal with different things, but they'll be like going to their kids and be like, "Your dad always does this." He always does this. He is always doing this thing that annoys me. Or your mom, you know, she is always late. I mean, she is never on time, you know. And just when we do things like that, we're really undermining our spouse and we're being disrespectful. And it's telling our kids it's okay. So we really had to be careful with that because it's telling, like if you're going and ranting to your son about your spouse, your son's thinking, oh, it's okay. It's okay to talk to your kids bad about your spouse. So it must be okay to talk to uh, other people you know, about your spouse in a derogatory way, in the same way to your daughter. And, you know, and it also makes them think that if their spouse talks bad about them, that it must be okay. And so then they're not going to expect better treatment. So, I mean, I think we need to be really careful about how we talk about our spouse to our children and also how we talk about our spouse in front of our kids. Man, that is so true. That is so good. Now, this might seem like a lot to take in, but the good part about parenting is that you don't have to do it alone. And I I think one of the best ways to create a generational legacy in your family that's going to carry on not only through this life, but into eternity is to partner with a church, to partner with a good church. And the church communities we've been part of over the year have helped us be better parents, better people, um, better in every way. And it also helps us not carry the whole burden alone because you're in a community where we can help kind of shoulder each other's burdens and we can share in a, in a safe place the struggles we're feeling and we can have people praying for us and we can do the same for them and and we can invite our kids to kind of come alongside us in family friendships right. that really make us all better and sharpen all of us. The Bible says "As iron sharpens iron. So one person sharpens another. And if you're not around anybody else that's sharpening you as a family in terms of your faith and your character, then all of you are growing dull. Right. And so, so you don't have to do this all on your own. And so I think some of the, one of the best pieces of advice we could give you to build a stronger family and to build a stronger marriage and to build a legacy of faith um, for your kids is to get them connected into a healthy community of faith. Find yes. a good church, get plugged in, get connected, um, and that will make a huge difference. It certainly has made a huge difference for us. Even when your kids complain about going, you know, make, make well, it Well, they're going to complain all the time. I mean, I don't know about your all's kids, but, you know, kids are kids. And the older they get, I mean, we're, we're, we have two boys that are in those adolescent years. And that's when they're like, oh, you know, like they, they don't yeah. always want to do everything that you want to do as a family. But just because they don't want to do it doesn't mean you're not going to take them. I and mean, we're the parents, yeah. you know, we set the rules and we say, listen, bud, I know you don't like this, but there's going to be things in life that you don't want to do, but you're going to do them anyway. And you may even end up liking it. That's and, right. and most of the time I will say our boys end up liking it and like, oh my gosh, that was actually pretty cool. But I want to say this too, for those of you listening 
And and you're, you know, that 50% or more that grew up in a broken home. And you're like, I just don't know what a healthy marriage looks like. I didn't grow up with that. And I want to have a healthy marriage myself, but I really just don't have an example to point to. Neither one of us do. I want to tell you that you are not alone, that there is, you know, it doesn't mean that you you can't have some kind of example to look to. And that's where the church really comes into play. It's a great place to meet a mentor couple. Yes. To meet, to get to know people that are like 10 years, 20 years beyond you in their marriage and really get to know them and their family. And it doesn't mean they're perfect because again, there's no perfect people. So there's no perfect marriages and no perfect families. But it does mean you can learn a lot from them and how they work and some of the the kind of daily practices they have that make make their marriage stronger and make their family stronger. This has helped us tremendously over the years. Oh, yeah. We, we pull a lot of good things from our own families, but we know that our own families, you know, are unique and we can learn from other families in addition to our own families. And so we, we've gone to different mentors. We've talked about this before on the podcast. Uh, we love the lures. We, we've talked to them about their family and their marriage and kind of some different ways that we can adapt some of the things that work for their family into our own family. And it just enriches enriches our marriage and our family. And so, I, I mean, we've learned a lot of different practices as far as like devotions, just even like, what are some good devotions for boys that we can do as a family since we have four boys? Uh, we've learned about passport to purity, which is something in teaching kids about sex and relationships. We learned that from somebody. I can't remember yeah. who it was. So like you can learn so much from each other. And, and I'm not trying to discount people who are in your same phase of life. They might be your age and have kids the same age. And that's awesome too, because you can learn a lot from each other in that way too. And I think one of the greatest things you can learn from each other is that you're not alone, that you're not crazy, that your kids right. aren't crazy, are you're others. not doomed, there, you know. Whatever you're going through, somebody out there in your circle, in your church has gone through it. Yes. If, you know, a generation ago or a week ago, there's somebody that's gone through it. Absolutely. And just connecting out of isolation, get out of isolation and connect with those folks, learn from each other. Mm-hmm. It's so encouraging. It's just so encouraging. And yes. so- Kind of one of the one of the final thoughts I want to share is that just be really intentional about what kind of behavior you're modeling for your kids because you know dads listen the way you're treating your wife you're showing your sons how they should treat women and you are showing your daughters what they should expect from men you're modeling for them what a relationship should look like you're you're planting seeds in their mind that are going to take root and shape the way they view marriage relationships the way they view love the way they view themselves uh, and ladies, obviously the same thing, the way you treat your husband, the way you talk to your husband, the tone of your voice, even you're you're showing your daughters how to how to speak to a man, to a future husband. You're showing right. them what they should expect mm-hmm. uh, from from a, a man in their life, a future husband. Um, and so we're we're setting them up for success, or at least that should be our goal is to set them up for success by modeling for them healthy, authentic, real, respectful, right. loving relationship. And right. if we'll do that, if we'll really do that, uh, it can make a world of difference in our marriage, and then it will trickle down and make a world of difference in our kids. And um, we've got we've got a resource. This podcast is obviously a resource to help you do that. Another is our book of the same name, the Naked Marriage Book, is now available as an audiobook, paperback, ebook, wherever you get your books, Amazon, iTunes, all those places. And it's a lot of our story. I mean, it's kind of going back and, and uncovering a lot of our journey but then pointing it back to the truth of God's word and how these principles apply to every marriage. And so that is is a resource that you can get your hands on. You can go to nakedmarriagebook.com or Amazon, find out all the details there. Sweetie, any final words of wisdom from the wisest woman I know? I would just say, just know that you're not gonna be perfect. None of us are. 
And that when you mess up, apologize. I think one of the greatest things we can do is own up to when we mess up. And our kids just seeing an authentic, you know, representation of of what it's like to be a a Christ follower. You know, I think knowing that that we go to Jesus, like we, we say, I'm so sorry, God, forgive me of my sins. And then we go and tell the person that we messed up to, to forgive us as well. We ask them to forgive us as well. And our spouse, you know, seeing that, spouse to spouse happening, that is a great, a great example to our kids because I think so many times we put all this pressure on ourselves and we think, you know, oh, I messed up in front of them and, you know, fighting with my spouse, I'm doomed. They're going to think I'm terrible. They're going to, you know, never want to marry or things like that. But that's just a lie from the enemy. We need to know that, you know, God thankfully gives us his grace and he gives us his strength. And that even if you feel like you've messed up to this point, like you have not represented marriage in a healthy way to this point, let today be a new day for you. And keep on listening to these podcasts. Keep on praying. I mean, pray that God will help you. And you all, like we all need God's help. We all need his strength. We cannot do this alone. We have to have God as the foundation in our marriage each and every day. And so let today be a new day for you. And who knows? You could be changing the entire future of your family just by by keeping that in the back of your mind on how you want to make a general impact, generational impact with your marriage and with your family. Man, that's beautiful, sweetie. I mean, you are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You're awesome. (laughs) Hey guys, you're awesome too. Thank you for listening to this. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for thank you for just partnering with us in this journey to build a stronger marriage and together really leave a generational impact. That's right. We can pass on to our kids and grandkids the value of faith, the value of marriage. And uh, yeah, just stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the course. And we'll see you next time on the Naked Marriage Podcast. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.